Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith who is seeking hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this by visiting mygatewayfellowship.com or on iTunes. Now, here's today's message. So, good evening, everybody. Okay, so let me just be uh, completely transparent with you this evening. Uh, tonight, uh, as we speak, my favorite football team is playing right now. So this is, this is a bit of a sacrifice. No. <laughs> but, but you guys would be, it's just, it's funny because as we're playing and I'm trying to stay focused, and people are texting me. I have to turn my phone down because this just happened, this just happened. I won't tell you what's happening because I don't want to know. I want to be focused and be here. <laughs> but, but you know how it is. Uh, it's funny, you know, the, I used to not be into football really at all. I, I would only watch the Super Bowl. And then the more you get into it, almost the, the more you wish you weren't because you can find yourself getting upset about something that has nothing to do with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? If Baltimore loses, they have nothing to do with me. If Baltimore wins, I'm not going to get a dime. But maybe I'll get some early gray hairs and stress. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> so if you're tempted to text me while I'm up here talking, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> this is, uh, I guess, the first opportunity for me that I get to wish you all a happy new year. And, uh, man, we made it, guys, right? Turn to the person next to you, give them a high five, or maybe behind you, just give them a high five. Let them know. It can be a long-distance high five. Choop, choop. But we made it. I mean, it's a big deal. It's a powerful thing to, to still be alive. And, um, you know, I, just to be honest, there's so many that would love to be in your shoes right now, even with all the, the junk that you might have carried through when you walked in here. There are millions around the world that would give anything to be able to sit in these little comfy chairs in a heated room to be able to sing freely. They're so we're, we're, we're very blessed, guys. And, uh, you know, it, it, life is not easy. Let's make no mistake about it. Um, but God is good, and he is for us and not against us, and, uh, and you're still here. So I just, I'm so thankful for that. Um, before we get into the word, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who uh, participated in our town hall meeting last, year, uh, last week. Um, it was really cool to see people come together and talk about some of the, the exciting things that may happen here with, at Gateway Fellowship. Um, you guys filled out surveys, gave uh, input, feedback. This is our thing, guys. It's not, it's not us. I say it all the time. I don't, I'm not one who wanders around all the time when I speak, but this is about the extent of that. And it's only for the reason of this. We're on the same ground. We're, you know, I'm up here, but we're, we're family, guys. So it was really cool to get all your feedback and hear some of the different things you were saying. I know Kiki was just flooded with it and just working this whole week up at the office trying to get everything together. We are excited about what God is going to do, about what God is already doing and it's really, really thrilling to know that we can do something together um, for the kingdom of God. It's a beautiful thing. So thank you so much for that. And uh, for some of you who may have missed it last week and you, you've come to Gateway uh, for, on a semi-regular basis and you're like, what is Pete talking about? I'll tell you afterwards. And <laughs> you can keep in touch with us. Make sure you give uh, your email. We have cards up in the front. Um, if, you, if you don't if we don't email you or you haven't been getting some of our 
uh, emails about stuff like the town hall meeting and th upcoming events in the future. Make sure we have that. That's going to be really important moving on because there's a lot that's going to be happening. Um, so there's that. So, like I said, this is my first time being able to greet you guys in uh, 2015. And what happens all the time in January 1st? New Year's resolutions. Anybody make one? There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with them. So, um, but unfortunately, so many times what happens is we make them. And uh, by now, you've already <laughs> gotten off track or broken off of it. And it's okay. I mean, it's just kind of part of part of the game. But the idea of being able to start over and start fresh is one that Jesus offers to us every single day. The scripture says that his mercy is new every morning. Just let that sink in your mind and your heart for a moment. His love, his mercy is new every morning. Every morning. And it's not that you have to wait till the, tomorrow to, to get God's grace. It's, it's, he's trying to, to make a point here. His mercy does not end. And the scripture says his love endures forever. And forever doesn't end when you make that mistake for the 1,000th, billionth time. Who knows? I don't know. But forever is forever. And his mercy is new every morning. We have a God who is passionate about us and, and, and persistent after us. And he wants us to know that every day, every moment, there's a chance to turn around if you need to. If you need to. And you might have to turn around from Various things. It could be addictions. It could be anxieties. It could be, uh, I don't know, it could be whatever. Sometimes you just need to turn around and say, I'm going to run, like the song says, I'm running to your arms. I'm, I'm leaving this behind. I'm running into your arms, and I'm going to trust you with, with being my God and letting me start new, letting me start fresh. Amen? You with me? I was thinking about that and uh, thinking about how the Lord is moving and, um, and how he's just been you know, working in, in my life. And one of the th small commitment that I made, I say small because, uh, not because of how hard it, it, act, it is to actually do, um, but, but small because it's a very simple thing that I would like to do. And it's this. I want to be real with God. I want to be real with God this year. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We're thankful for you. We're so grateful, God, for this time to come together. We pray, Jesus, that you would just bless us to be a blessing, Lord. Fill our hearts, God. Help us to be open to your word. Forgive us for our sins, God. Remove distractions that may be there. And, um, and let this be a new moment for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen. So um, I want to be real with God, and I was searching the scriptures, and, um, and what I mean by that is I don't want to have a cookie-cutter relationship with Jesus. Anybody with me on that? Like, I, you start to think, you know that God knows everything. He knows your heart. He knows every hair on your head or lack thereof. He knows it. He knows where they would be. He loves, he knows, he knows. And I think one of the things is that so many times, so many times, we start to get focused and, 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 and drawn out to this 
false kind of outwardly we're one way, but inwardly we're doing something else. And what Jesus does is he calls us all back into the center and calls us to be one. Be one person. You know what I mean? I want to be the same Pete that's at Gateway Fellowship that's in my car when people are driving on the beltway and they're frustrating me. I want to be this guy. Do you know what I mean? I want to be this guy when I'm at work. I want to be this guy when I'm with my wife. When I want to be this guy when I'm with friends. I want to be the same person, and I want to be real with God. You know what I mean? Because we all know people, and some of us, we actually do it. We're, we're this way here. We're this, a, a totally different person. We don't want anybody to know us over here because that's, compl- you know what I'm saying? And Jesus is, you know, I think he's reminding us that there's an incredible burden that comes with that. There's a burden in not being one person. There's a, a tremendous amount of pressure that you may feel on your shoulders because you're juggling lives. And there's an intense freedom in coming to just being the person that God has called you to be. And what I find in the scripture and in the gospels in particularly is that Jesus is telling these parables and he's telling these stories of people who kind of are starting to get that. And he's bringing us back to it. And there's a particular story um, that was my my New Year's prayer. Um, and I want to share it with you. It's from the book of Luke chapter 18. I, I know, Anthony, I didn't give this to you, but maybe you can go ahead and pull that up. We're looking at Luke chapter 18, and we're starting in verse 10. Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 10. And um, what we find is Jesus is telling this story to a large group of people. And I think it's just, it's a powerful story. You, you've probably heard it before. Um, it says this. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and one a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. Listen to this. God, I thank you that I am not like other people. (laughs) This is the leader of the church at the time. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers and evildoers and adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. That's his prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like them. I'm not like this. I'm not that. I'm not that. I fast. I give. Thank you. But the tax collector, Jesus says in verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's my New Year's prayer. Jesus goes on to say in verse 14, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And all those who humble themselves will be exalted. What a clash of ideas we see there. Those who are willing to remain humble will actually get lifted up. Those who are all about lifting themselves up, unfortunately, are going to be humbled. But to back up, you have this Pharisee, and he starts off, 
with this, this prayer. And I just have a few simple points about ways that we can become real with God, things that we can do, uh, that we can learn from this story um, that we can apply to our lives. And the first thing is this. This is a very, very simple concept, but it's one that's very, very important to the church nowadays. You see this Pharisee come up. God, thank you that I'm not like those people. I'm not like the evildoers, the adulterers, the robbers, the murderers. You can fill in the blank. I'm not like them. Those sinners over there, I'm not like that. I do this. I do that, but I'm not like them. I think one of the first things that we can do in taking the steps to be real with God is a simple thing that my mama used to tell me all the time. Manny, she called me Manny. Manny, you worry about yourself. Don't care about what's going on over there. What are you doing? Don't worry about them. Worry about yourself. Have you done the best that you can do? Have you ever found yourself thinking about what so-and-so is doing a lot? Ever? Even praying, God, I'm just, I want them to do this. I want them to do that and blah, 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 blah. You're not even looking at this right here. Have you fixed yourself? Jesus tells another story about someone who notices a small little, you know, little speck in his eye. But he doesn't realize that he's walking around with this big old plank sticking out of his own. Yet he's so, it's so easy for him to focus and concentrate on somebody else, but he's not looking internally. Internally. So if you want to be real with God, start by not being like this tax collector and worrying about what other people, don't worry about what, what, what God is doing with them right now. Pray for them. Love them. You know, if you can, try to inspire them, encourage them. But don't worry. Don't, God is working that out. But God is also very focused on you. And I hate to say this, but I'm sure, I'm quite sure that if we were to just spend some honest time and, and look into our own lives, there's, a, there's enough to fill your time with yourself, things you might need to change, things you might need to fix, you might need to adjust. That You don't got to worry about Preeti. You don't got to worry about Pete. You don't got to worry about Kyle. You don't got to just worry about yourself and make sure that you're okay. I love there's a story in, in the gospel, and it, it ends with, in, in the Gospel of John, where um, they start to talk about, Jesus is talking about John, and um, the disciples are starting to think that maybe somehow John is going to be alive until Jesus comes back. They think he's going to live forever. And um, they, start to, they start to talk about it, and Jesus is aware of it. And Jesus says, he looks back and he says, if that's what I want it to happen, what is it to you? You follow me. You Follow me. I think if you want to keep it real and you want to get into a deeper state of relationship with Jesus, the first thing that you can do is don't worry about what's going on over here. Worry about you. Take, take 20 seconds as I'm still talking. Think about things in your own life that maybe you need to adjust. Just think about it for a moment. I know you're worried about your kids. Keep praying for them. Don't ever stop. Keep loving them. Don't ever stop. But you also got to think about what, do, what can I do to be better? What can I do to be a more effective Christian? Think about it for a moment. And there you see. There's a lot there. So worry about yourself. 
Don't, be, don't focus on what's going on over there. Worry about yourself here. Fix that. Don't throw any stones. Because we know none of us have a right to. Point number two, humble yourself. I love that this tax collector just humbles himself. You know, tax collectors at that time were despised. They were looked at as traitors, as just, just awful people, just, just despised by the people. They, they were just ugh, outcast, ugly. No one trusted them. No one liked them. Even the, even the Pharisee is like, I'm, I'm not even like that dude over there. Like, that guy is just scum of the earth. It's not good to be the example of, of, of something like that. But that's what he was. You know what he says? That he just, he, he was so humbled. He wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven. He just had his head down and beat his chest and said a simple, simple prayer. Not a whole bunch of words trying to sound poetic and exquisite. He said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. By himself, away. Nobody knows. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Recognizing that he has a fault. Recognizing that he has a problem. Recognizing that he is what he is. And we don't know what his sin may be. We don't know what extent might have been going on in that tax collector's life. But we just know that he's a broken man. And he doesn't feel comfortable enough to come into the church because of the, the very leaders that should be welcoming him and loving him are using him as an example, thanking God, I'm not like this person. This guy's an outcast in a place where he should be embraced and loved. But what is he doing? He's not paying attention to them. You see what I'm saying? He's worrying about himself at this moment and he's humbling himself and he's saying before the God of all things, Lord, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've made mistakes, but I trust that your mercy is strong enough to take care of whatever is going on. And that's a powerful thing to remember because so many times it's, it's a burden on my heart for you and for, for so many people that I meet so many times, the power of guilt will just rip you apart from your relationship with Jesus because you think you've just gone too far. Or you think this is happening, you're just too far away. It may not even be guilt. It may be just a situation has divided you up so much that now it's like you're not even praying. You haven't prayed in days. You haven't read your Bible. You don't, you don't want to do any of this stuff. It'll rip you away. But then you remember this broken man on the outskirts of the church saying, Lord, have mercy. And, this, and Jesus is so bold and says, that guy actually got it right. This dude, who you would think, he's off. He's off. There's something so powerful about humbling yourself and saying, Lord, I need you. That's it. God, I need you. I need you. You're the only one who can change things around. You want to get real with God? Humble yourself. Recognize that it's time to turn things around. Recognize that it's a process. It may take some time, but recognize also that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. On your own, you won't be able to do anything, but if you just call out to him and say this simple prayer, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, know that heaven is smiling down on you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's crazy about you. He loves you. He'll never abandon you. 
And to say that, those simple words, have mercy on me. You are opening the floodgates of heaven, and the devil is shaking in his boots. He doesn't know what to do with that. He works all this plan up to try to bring you down, but all you cry out, Lord, have mercy, boom. He doesn't stand a chance. So my brothers and sisters, please hear me on that. Humble yourself. Whew. It's a hard thing for us, especially us guys, right? Oh, you guys got real quiet. You didn't even say anything. Y'all too prideful to even say, yes, Pete. <laughs> but it's something really powerful. And it says in James, humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. What did Jesus say? Those who try to exalt themselves, they will be humbled. But those who humble themselves, they'll be exalted. It's countercultural. It's counterintuitive. But that's the way that it is. And then lastly, and this is probably what I like the most about this little parable. I love the fact that this tax collector... He didn't have to go into all that was going on in his life because God already knew what was going on. I've told you guys this before with my mother, and I was sharing it with a friend who um, um, I never told uh, this to. Um, so if you've heard it before, bear with me. But it's, it's one of the most powerful stories to me and something that keeps me believing in God um, with, with a fierceness. My mom passed away three years ago from brain cancer. She, um, she lived a lot longer than she was supposed to live. When she, when she was first diagnosed, they gave her about two weeks, believe it or not. It was, it was crazy. Um, you can imagine not having anything to do with that, not knowing anything about cancer on, the, you know, on that level, and then boom, and then it's like, this is going down quick. And some of you guys were at the hospital helping helping our family, and I'll never forget, and I'll always be thankful for that. But, um, but she lived a lot longer than two weeks, and she started getting better. They started working on things and trying to figure out what was going on, but in order to do that, they had to do a biopsy. Um, and for those who don't know what a biopsy is, is when you go, you, you go inside, you take a sample of the cancer, and you are able to diagnose what kind of treatment you can do for that. That's all okay um, in most places, but the brain is a, it, I mean, it is, it is so fragile. I remember the doctor telling us, you know, small speck, of, it could be as small like a, as a speck of sand that could adjust, they could throw everything off. So I remember praying with mom before she went in for this surgery, and um, she was scared, obviously, because one mistake and she could have been a vegetable. One mistake and she may not have ever been able to talk again or, or move. Um, and, um, but it was necessary. It was necessary to, to move forward. And I remember her doing, us doing that. And when she came out, she had a real tough time speaking. Um, she knew what she wanted to say, but it wasn't registering up here. And um, couldn't say my name, couldn't say my father's name, my sisters. We're a very close family. So for her to not be able to do that was incredible. Just not getting any words out except 
one, one. And I said to her, I said, Mama, it's okay if you can't remember my name, if you can't say anything. And, you know, I'm looking at her with a bruised face from this surgery. I mean, it was just, just a very hard sight for an unapologetic mama's boy. And she can't say anything. And I was like, just, but Mama, just, just know there's one name you, 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 you just got to remember. And she looks at me through all that and says, Jesus. Jesus. It's, it's incredible to me. How is it that out of everything going on in her life, I can only testify to this. You can think of it whatever you want. But I know that I saw my mom not be able to say any other word except one name. Jesus. And I love the fact that like this tax collector, sometimes it's as simple as just saying, Lord, have mercy. Or even simpler, Jesus. Just, just know that he already knows what you need before you even ask. And he wants the best for you. And he's for you and not against you. So I pray that as we move on into this, this upcoming year, let that, be, let, let, let that be a foundation for you. Let it be a cornerstone, maybe. Now is the time to turn away from something where you're this person over here, this person over there, this person over there. Let's just be one person. Make that your goal. I just want to be the same person everywhere I go. And I want that person to be one who is a passionate disciple of Christ, one that will follow and go all the way for Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters here. I know that everyone has come here with different backgrounds and different stories, and everyone's got different things going on in their lives. Some of them, we'd probably be shocked if we heard out loud. For some, there's a struggle with bills. They don't know how they're going to pay the rent, how they're going to pay the mortgage, how they're going to keep their business going. They don't know how they're going to keep their kids in school. They don't know. And anxiety has plagued them, and they feel worried and afraid. For some, it's an addiction. It's a brokenness. It's something that nobody else knows about. It's a feeling that maybe they've had since they were kids. And they've carried it around with them like a dark cloud, a shadow, something that they don't want following them. And they want to break free from that. And for others, God, it could be, it could be a health concern. It could be a health scare. It could be, it could be anything, Lord. And Father... It's, it's troubling and it, and it disturbs us at times when we're, we're going through this kind of stuff and we see others just standing like that Pharisee, just almost rubbing it in our faces. I'm so thankful, Lord, that your eyes were on this broken tax collector on the side of it all and heard his silent prayer, his, his quiet call to you, Lord. Lord, have mercy on us. We're sinners. We make mistakes. And Jesus, we want to be real with you. We don't want to be, uh, we don't want to be different people at different places. We just want to be one person, God. So, Father, I, I pray tonight for freedom for my brothers and sisters, for those who, who might be carrying around that kind of weight, Lord. Help them to know tonight that they can just lay it down. Help them to know it's as simple sometimes as just being able to say, Jesus.
You tell us in the word that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus, give freedom to those who are in chains tonight, Lord. Comfort those who are disturbed and maybe disturb those who are a little too comfortable to become closer to you, God. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. And we thank you. Have your own way. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say Amen. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship. We'd love it if you came to visit sometime. We meet each Saturday afternoon at 5 at the Mrs. John Hopkins Memorial Chapel at Tacoma Academy in Tacoma Park, Maryland. You can learn more and get directions by visiting mygatewayfellowship.com.